Welcome to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you are ready to find your inner magic, develop great habits, and a rock steady mindset to feel confident, comfortable, and fit in your body, you are in the right place. I am Kim Barnes Jefferson, and I'll be giving you weekly doses of health, fitness, and life tips sprinkled with humor and real talk. If you're ready to be consistent without the stress of perfection, magic makers, it's time to slip into your favorite pair of PJs, grab some coffee, kick back, and listen to today's show. This week's iTunes review is brought to you by M.L. Martell. She writes, five stars, Kim is more than just knowledgeable in just health and fitness. She is supportive, reassuring, and on the level. She gives it to you straight, just the way most people need it. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. I really appreciate that review. And you too can review Fake Girl Magic Podcasts. Just go to iTunes or wherever you subscribe to this show and just leave me a five-star review. Um, I love them. I take them to heart. I just want to make sure that I'm bringing you the best stuff. So thank you so much for all of you who have left me a review so far. I can't wait to highlight you. All right, magic makers. So today I want to talk about metabolism and more importantly, do you have a flexible metabolism? And I bring this up because I hear regularly or I see posts on social media and they talk about their metabolism. And many women will tell me that like their metabolism is broken. It's fast. Oh, once I hit 40, my metabolism hit the skids, right? You know, there's always something about you know, their metabolism. And so first, I guess the question is like, do we even know what metabolism is, right? It's just like this kind of like big nebulous word that gets tossed around that, you know, you know me, I'm like, let's just make sure we all get on the same page. We are all talking the same talk. And let's start with this, a definition, right? I looked it up. Metabolism is one of the things, nope, that's not the definition. I got to read the next line. (laughs) The definition is metabolism is the chemical reaction in your body cells that convert energy to food. That's metabolism. So what we really are having a challenge with is that chemical reaction, right? There are a lot of different hormones that are in, in, that are in effect that take our food and break it down. And so how does that, how does that, how does that work? So our food is converted into energy. Now, our bodies like simple. <laughs> they like easy. So it's going to first look for any um, energy in our blood cells, right? Is there any energy floating around in the blood cells that I can just open up a cell and suck in whatever body part needs that energy? Okay, no. All right. So then I'm going to have to go and tap into my fat stores. I got no fat stores. No, then I'm going to tap into my muscle, right? So it's just, uh, it is a, a kind of a cascade effect. And so just like any anything, our bodies, we run on energy, right? If I don't put gas in my car, my car is not going to work. If I don't put <clears throat> heat in my house, my house ain't going to work. 
So we all are capable of gaining energy in many different ways. You know, we take in energy, food, alcohol are ways that we as humans primarily take away food. And we all have a, a filling, right? We all have this kind of baseline of what we need to run optimally, okay? And so when I say that's, that's a fancy word for saying your basal, basal metabolic rate and your basal metabolic metabolic rate is this is just is like your your base level your base level of energy your body needs base level calories that your body needs to keep you alive to blink your eyes to pump your heart to have you like take a breath in and take a breath out and so that's that's just the basic that's your basic level and so your energy comes down to two ways your body can say i'm going to burn sugar or my body's going to say, I'm going to burn fat. All right. And if we take a step back and we understand how our body like stores food, right? So I said, it, it's, if, if it's readily accessible in your bloodstream, it's there, the, the, the body's like, all right, here it is. I'm going to do it. Boom. I don't have to do, I don't have to work, do any work. It's out there in my bloodstream, readily accessible for me to eat or to use. And then if it's not, if the food that I bring in, the food, the alcohol that I take into my system is not used, it is shuttled away into fat for storage, right? So think about um, the best way to describe it. It's like uh, Christmas decorations, right? Or Halloween decorations. You take them all out, you put them all out. And when you're done, you throw them in the closet. And then when you need them, you go into the closet and you grab them. That is what your body does with excess calories. Throws them into storage. And so when you use, like, so think about this, like fat is your body's bank account, right? I have excess money and I put it into my bank account and, and I'm, I'm saving it for a rainy day. If I eat sugar, that is like, if I have money in my purse, right? And if you have money in your purse and, you know, some people are like, money burns a hole in my pocket. If I have money in my purse, it's really easy for me to lift it up and just like be shelling out the money, be like, yeah, I'll make it a raid. <laughs> That's how your body treats sugar because it's really easy, right? It doesn't take a lot for your body to burn sugar. So what, so what happens is because many of us eat an excess of carbs, sugary foods, alcohol, our body doesn't have to work hard. So anytime it, it, it's just out there floating around in the bloodstream and anytime there's like an excess of it, our body just shuttles it away to fat. So our, our bodies never have to go to the bank, right? If you always have a cash supply. So when I was a waitress, waitressing is pretty much a cash business, well, back in the day, it was pretty much a cash business. People would always like, I would always have cash. I never went to the bank. I always like, oh, I got cash. And I would always just have cash and I would never go to the bank. That's how our body's on sugar. I'll have to go to the bank. I got cash. So why would I need to go to the bank and take money out? Right. And I'm not saying I'm not using a debit card. I'm literally taking out cash and making it rain. And so it's, it's, so that means most of us are sugar burners and it's not our fault because it's like, it's how we've evolved, you know, over the course of, you know, hundreds of years, you know, since the industrial revolution where, you know, we made it easy to get food, you know, back in the day, you know, let's just go back to caveman times. If you think about caveman times, 
I know when I was going to eat. <laughs> Winter time, it was cold. The you know animals hibernated. Oh hell, I hibernated. I was probably eating a lot of, you know, meat that I dried or seeds or dried um, fruits, you know, whatever I could, foods that I could preserve. That's what I was eating a lot of. And when I say a lot, probably not a lot, right? I was, you know, basically trying to stretch it out for, you know, the three, four months that I knew I couldn't really go out and forage for much, much stuff. Then if you think about summer came and, you know, you were able to go out and there were berries on bushes and there were a plethora of animals available and you could, the days were long, so you could hunt for, you know, hours upon hours and it was warm. So you weren't trying to like, stay, you know, stay huddled up in your caves. And so we were, our, our bodies naturally went through these cycles of eating differently. Right now, you know, I can get strawberries in freaking February. I don't even know when strawberry season is because they're readily available. And so many of us have just gotten to the pattern of just eating the same way, expecting to lose weight, expecting to, you know, jumpstart our metabolism. If I change, if I eat some superfood or reduce the carbs or reduce whatever it is that I'm eating. So as, as, as we evolved, food scarcity wasn't a thing anymore, at least not for many people. Uh, we, we could know like I could go to the grocery store and get food, right? I didn't have to like wait for, I didn't have to wait to go hunting. I didn't have to wait to like, you know, um, for the harvest. I, like I don't, you know, for many of us, we're not farmers. Like we're not waiting for the harvest. So as we learn to eat processed food, our diet became higher in carbs because carbs, if you think about it, carbs are easy to find. Processed foods are very easy to find. You know, think about if you're going on a road trip or one of the things we talked about was um, going on a road trip or airport, right? We were just talking about it. I was just talking with friends about an airport. For the most part, airports have like the crappiest food. They have the like the there's always a Sabero. So like you can get pizza, greasy Chinese food, a burger, you know, there's McDonald's, there's a Burger King, right? There's a Dunkin' Donuts. You know, there's always some place I can get like fast processed foods. There's not as some places you can get like a, a decent non, you know, fast foodie type meal. So we've made it really easy to continually be this sugar burner and which has led us to always be hungry right because as soon as our body burns through those that fast food literally fast food it's like what's next you know what, what's the next meal where are we going what are we doing and so how do we start to shift ourselves so that we have a little bit more meta metabolic flexibility because the more metabolically flexible we are the more likely we are to sustain weight loss, right? And that doesn't mean that I'm in a constant diet. And that's the one thing I always say, like at some point you have to break, break your diet because if I'm always restricting, always like living in this, like little, you know, five by five box, just making up that number. Cause it sounded, it sounded good. If I'm always living in this five by five box, I'm going to struggle. 
And then, and then I'm going to fall off the wagon. And then I'm like, oh, I must find something harder. I must find something more intense in order to survive. No, that's malarkey. So how do we sh- make the shift? So, so many of us want just want to pull the, the carbs. Like I talked about carbs. Like, that means I got to pull the carbs. Not necessarily. Right. And I got to force my body into submission. Think about it. How many times have you beat your body into submission and it, it fought back? It fought back hard. <laughs> it fought back, you know, so hard that you were just like, whoa, dying. I didn't think you had that in you. So we can't beat our body into submission. You know, some of us have been dieting since we're 15 years old and our bodies are like, hey, I can't no more. I'm not going to do it. And they're standing up for, and your body's standing up for itself. Rightfully so. It needs, your body needs to stand up for itself. So the first place that we, we're going to start is let's just start by taking an inventory. Where the heck are you? If I don't know where I am, how do I know where I want to go? Bottom line, end of story, do not pass go. So that means I have to track something. Now, I so many people are like, oh, I don't want to track my food. Well, then you don't want to lose weight. Am I saying that you have to track food for the rest of your life? No. What I'm saying is for right now, 14 days, 30 days, what the heck is going in your pie hole? What are you putting in your mouth? Because I'll guarantee you that you're probably overeating something or undereating something. That's that's primarily what, what I, I've always seen. And when I say overeating or undereating based on your goal, right? If I'm someone who's trying to put on muscle and I'm not eating a lot, well, good luck with that. Good freaking luck. If I'm someone who's trying to lose weight and I'm eating an excessive amount of calories, good luck with that. But if I don't know where I am and I'm just like, well, I've just always eaten this way. Well, take a look. It's like I've been talking about your bank account. So many of you, you know, you get a text on your phone that says, okay, you spent, you know, or this charge has gone through on your credit card or this, you know, this deposit has gone through on your, on, into your checking account. You know, your, your numbers like that. Right. But we don't know anything about our body. And so if I track my food for at least a month, I can start to see a pattern. So to see what's going on. And then from there, I could be like, all right, let me understand this. The second place I want to go is that I know that I said this and I know I, I, I told my clients this, I preached this, I, I lived this till about um, maybe six years ago, five meals a day. If you do not eat five meals a day, you're going to die. You need to keep your metabolism stoked. It's the only way to really uh, keep up with the extra things you're doing. Ugh. So here's the thing, it, that's bro science. And what I mean by bro science is that there is not a study that anyone can point to. And I'm open. If you have found a study that says you should eat five meals a day and prove this is what the, what the the thought process was is if I ate five meals a day, it would even out my blood sugar and it would help me burn a little bit more calories because of the thermal effect of food. Right. So think about it like this. If I'm eating food, my body has my body temperature has to raise in order to digest the food. Then I should be, the the thought was I would get a little bit of a calorie boost. Yeah. So I've known that study. 
they've shown that it's insignificant, right? The amount of boost that you get by eating five meals a day is insignificant compared to the, the other things you can do to get that boost. So what a lot of people have ended up doing is they ended up um, desensitizing their body to one, hunger, and two, insulin. So we've just flooded our food with, we flooded our bloodstream with food. And so instead of our insulin levels dropping down, the triglycerides in our blood dropping down, it's always available. So our, it's, it's, a, it's like going to a buffet in Las Vegas, right? I don't know if you've ever been to a Las Vegas buffet, but it is like bananas. It is just like, think of a type of food that you've ever heard of, like type any ethnicity, any like variety of food that you've ever heard of is there. And it is there in excess. That is how our bodies are now. We've become, as we've, you know, become more industrialized, we've become, our bodies have become a buffet. There's always food circulating in the system and I don't have to wait. So for some people, we've become um, desensitized to, our bodies have become desensitized to when we truly need to open up the cells for insulin and when we truly need to close the cells for insulin. We've been desensitized to like, am I truly hungry or have I trained myself that at 1030, that's what I'm supposed to eat uh, my my snack. I'm supposed to eat lunch at one o'clock, four o'clock, seven o'clock, right? Have we trained ourselves into these eating patterns like, um, what's that, Pavlov, Pavlov? Yeah, Pavlov's dogs. Have we, is that what we've done? So really what just kind of like, think about like, how have you done that? Because I know when I had my clients eat five meals a day, it was overwhelming for a lot of people, right? It was like a lot of decision fatigue. Like what the heck am I going to put in my mouth five times a day? Just overwhelm. Like, ah, I got to cook it. I got to put it in Tupperware. I got to bring it, blah, blah, blah. And so, and so many fell, fell off the wagon. I get it. Like it, it was a lot. Like I just, I remember like I literally lived out of Tupperware. I brought my food pretty much freaking everywhere. I had this huge cooler bag that I brought everywhere. And I was always like stressed out about like, how am I going to keep it cold? Right. So how do we start to make the shift first? Let's start to learn when we're hungry. Right. So I recommend that you eat when you're hungry. I did a, um, uh, uh, a free challenge eh, probably about a year ago. And one of the women was like, I was always told that I need to eat within 30 minutes of waking up. And I was like, are you hungry? And she said, no, but I, I was told this is what I must do. And when I told her, I'm like, why don't you just eat when you're hungry? You would have thought I made her queen for a day. It just was like, it blew her mind. I was like, eat when you're hungry. And so I, that's my first thing I want to tell you, eat when you're hungry. And so like, if you, I ate by the clock. So what I had to do is, so say 1030 was the time I would eat. And 1030 was like, I used to teach always at noon. So if I ate at 1030, it gave me plenty of time to digest before I had to teach at noon. So 1030 would come and I would like, you know, start to get hungry and I would sit for like 15 minutes. And I was like, could I sit for 15 minutes? And then when I could sit for 15 minutes, then I could, could I sit for another 15 minutes? And so it was a slow process to kind of start to break myself out of that. Like I must eat at 1030 so that I can start to 
understand when was I hungry, right? You know, there's um, two hormones that control uh, our hunger. One is leptin. So leptin, uh, one is leptin. Leptin says I'm full. Like that's the, that's the hormone that comes out and says, okay, brain, uh, shut down the stomach. We're full. And then you have ghrelin and ghrelin is the hunger is the hormone that says, all right, brain, tell the stomach to growl because we are hungry and we need food. Right. So those two hormones, we want to try to get them back in check so that leptin isn't always, um, you know, ghrelin isn't always ringing the doorbell, but like, when's food, when's food, what are we eating next? Right. So how do we start to do that? So the first place that I, I, I recommend one, eat when you're hungry, but then start playing with intermittent fasting. Now, when I say this, everything I'm telling you right now, isn't, this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life. It's not, this is a, a process, right? We're going to start to start to step away and start to say, how can I start to create this flexible metabolism? So Intermittent fasting was one of the things I had to do to teach me that it's okay to be hungry. And now I know that there are several ways to do intermittent fasting, and I will do a whole podcast on intermittent fasting. There's several ways to do intermittent fasting, but I challenge you to create a schedule that works for you. So there's a schedule that is um, you stop eating for 18 hours, right? And so most people, it's like stop eating at like 6 p.m. And then you don't eat again until like eight in the morning. Well, I work until eight o'clock at night. And I am not going to be able to eat till nine o'clock at night. So if I were to stop eating at six o'clock, I would starve. So I challenge you to make whatever your last time your last meal is. That's when you start your clock, right? I, you know, and I had a client who she went to intermittent fast and she was always trying to stop eating at six and she did the same thing. Like she was a trainer and like she was training till nine o'clock at night. And I'm like, why are you trying to follow that, that schedule? Like you need to have brain cells when you are coaching somebody else. So when you fit, whenever is your last meal, that's when your clock starts. So if you're going to intermittent fast, like, you know, you don't have to follow their hard and fast rules, make up your own time, right? The rule is like, can we go a certain amount of time without filling, putting food in our tank? Increase your fat. Now, when I say fat, I'm not saying like, go out there and like, like fill it up with like, you know, burgers and cheese. I'm saying, you know, good fats. So it's avocados, it's good fat oils. And good fat oils are any oil with the exception of corn, veggie, soy, canola. I would use olive oil sparingly. And I'll tell you this, the reason why I'm saying olive oil sparingly is that for, especially in our American diet, we get a lot of omega-6s and olive oil is rich with omega-6s. So I want to try to kind of scale this back a little bit from the olive oil. You know, I know everyone's like, oh, the Mediterranean diet, but try to do your best to, you know, not rely so heavily just on olive oil. Um, the second place with 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 uh, the, the fats is that it's not just freaking peanut butter and almond butter. Like it's not that. It's like, you know, it's nuts, it's seeds. It's like liquidy oils, coconut oil, you know, it's those types of oils that we want to start to see if we can put a little extra into our system. 
proteins and fiber, right? I can't, I can't stress this enough that, you know, many of us under eat protein and protein is amazing for one satiating, right? Protein, it takes a while for you to digest it. So it's really easy for you to, I'm sorry, not, it's really, it's a little challenging for you to digest. So it keeps, you, keeps your body working a little bit longer. So it keeps you fuller longer. Same thing with fiber, right? Fiber fills the gut. So fiber is your, your um, fruits and vegetables. And the other thing that I, I uh, like about fiber is that there's certain vi- fiber um, fibers that are good for your gut health. And so the stronger our guts are, the more likely we are able to create that good bacteria and get out some of that bad bacteria. And then here's the last piece. I want to think, I want you to think about like cycling through your diet. And, um, I, you know, I was having this conversation with, um, women in my membership and, you know, it's, you know, many women are like, oh, you know, this is the year I'm going to lose, you know, 50 pounds. This year I'm going to lose 20 pounds. Great. Awesome. But you can't spend a year dieting. Now, before, like, before anyone passes out, this is why, right? I can't live a life of restriction. A life of restriction always is going to come and punch me in the face. Bottom line, end of story, do not pass go. I'm always going to get punched in the face with restriction when I'm, when I live in a really tight, bubble, right? Vacation is going to come and I'm going to be like, I deserve it. Or it's going to be a holiday. It's going to be your birthday. And then we start to fear these things, right? You know, think about it. Um, the holidays come and everyone's like, oh my God, I'm going to gain 400 pounds. Summer comes, oh my God, I'm going to gain 400 pounds. You know, <clears throat> you go on vacation, ah, forget about it. I can't focus on anything. I'm on vacation. So instead of having these like, you know, big swings and highs and lows, let's start to like cycle our diet so we can start to plan around these days. And so one of the the first ones is like during a time when you know, you have a little bit more time on your hands. Why don't we say, you know, I'm going to open up my diet. I'm going to add more calories. I know again, before someone passes out, this is this this is this is just a, a small segment of the year. There's 12 months in a year, so maybe for two months, I'm going to add more food into my diet. And when I say add more food, I'm not saying we're loading up on like um, you know the uh, sugary treats. You know, it's like I'm going to add maybe three to five hundred more calories to my meal. However. I'm going to exercise more. So maybe you're someone who is going to the gym three times a week. So maybe you're like, you know, I got a little extra time. So for the next, you know, five, four weeks, six weeks, I'm going to bump it up and I'm going to be going to the gym five times. So now I'm eating a little bit more and I'm exercising a little bit more. Right. And I'm going to do that for six weeks. Then I'll say, you know what? I'm I'm doing this because I'm on in, six weeks time, I'm going to start, I'm going to go on vacation this summer. And I want to like, start to put a little bit more muscle on, get a little, get a little bit more muscularity in my system. Then you, you do that. So like we do that for like, you know, six weeks, then you're like, okay, now I finished that. So six weeks from now, 12 weeks from now, I'm going to be going on vacation. So I want to lean out a little bit. So I'm going to eat a little less and I'm going to exercise a little less, right? So maybe I pull my calories back by 500 calories. Maybe I pull my my workouts back to three days a week, right? Okay. You still with me? 
So then I do that. I go on vacation. It's fabulous. I didn't, you know, I didn't go overboard. I was enjoying myself. So then I come back and I'm like, okay, you know what? Um, I am going to, I'm, you know, I'm, um, or it's summer, right? So maybe it's like, it's summertime. You're like, okay, I'm going to eat a little bit more, but I'm going to exercise less, right? I'm still going to exercise, but I'm going to, I'm going to open it up. Maybe I'm adding like two or three more hundred calories to my nutrition, but, and I'm going to still exercise, but maybe it's like, I'm just going to focus on leisure walks and I'm just gonna make sure I'm getting in 150 minutes. Right. So then I spent another part of the year where I'm eating less and I'm exercising less. So maybe it's a time that it's it's a busy season. You know, I have clients who are um, tax professionals. I have clients who have kids who are in um, very active sports. And so maybe, you know, I just don't have the time or the bandwidth to to um, be uh committed to my health at that point. So I'm going to eat a little less. I'm going to exercise a little less, but do you see how it goes? So it's like, you know, it's kind of like, um, planning out my year, like as a, as a, as a, uh, personal trainer, right. So one of the things that, um, strength and conditioning coaches do is it's, it's called pure periodization. So if you think about a sports team, all right. So let's just say, um, football, right. So football pretty much starts August and run through January. So that's their season of eat less, exercise less. Oh, sorry, sorry. That's their, to say that that's their, that's their season. So like they're just focused in on being the best they could be in the game. That's it. Like that's the focus. The game is the focus. So it's not about bulking up. It's not about PRs. It's like, I'm just going to go in and I'm fueling my body to get me through this, through the season. Season ends. So say the season start, season ends over February. So February through August, that's when that's my off season, right? So then I say, okay, I'm going to from February to say May, I'm just going to eat more, exercise more. I'm gonna, this is where I'm gonna build, this is where I'm just gonna get really like just focus in on how strong can I get? And I'm just going to feed the hump, fuel the body for these intensive workouts. Then say like May or June come around and I'm like, all right, so I'm going to cut back a little bit on the exercise because I know that um, uh, fall training's coming up and you know they'll be putting us through different workouts. And so like, I want to make sure that my body is going to be able to sustain the 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 season. So I'm going to, you know, eat a little less, but I'm going to, it might keep my exercise up, or I might decide that I'm going to eat a little less. I'm going to exercise a little less just to get ready to my body to prepare for the season. But you see where I'm going, where there's a method to the madness. And so as I'm telling you this story, this isn't for you to try to decide that on your own. This is like, as a coach, we work together and be like, okay, what are we working towards? You know, a lot of my clients get so mad and they're like, why are like, why do you always ask me a goal? Well, if you're not working towards something, like, how do I guide you? Right. 
for me, a goal is like punching into my phone. I want to go to one through three main street. That's, that's what a goal is. And so then I can say, what are the levers we're going to pull? Are we pulling the eat more lever? Are we pulling the eat less lever? Are we, are we, you know, pulling, you know, pulling back the exercise? Are we pushing up the exercise? Are we pushing up the food, pulling back the food? Where are we going? And that's what a good coach is. It's like, we're helping you kind of navigate the like ups and downs of the system, but you got to share the information, right? You can't just be like, my metabolism is slow, fix me. Because girl, that's not the question to ask. The question is, okay, this is where I want to go. Or if you don't know where you want to go, let's have that conversation. Shoot me an email, but like, I don't know what's going on with my metabolism. I would love to chat with you about that. I'd love to help you figure that out. Because I see so many different um mistakes that especially women over 40 are making we've been doing the same exercises that we've been doing since we don't even know how long we've been doing those exercises you know i i taught group fitness at the same place for 13 years i would see the same women come into my class and they look the same day one as they looked on day 13 years later right because they were doing the same thing over and over again they would reach for the same weights no matter how many times i said for the love of god pick a heavier weight (laughs) For the love of God, in my subtle way, I would drop a heavier weight in front of them. They'd be like, eh, I can't. Right. So here's me getting all up in your face, getting all up in your girl, and being like, for the love of God, if I want to see a change, I got to make a change. Right. You can't always be on a diet because that diet will always come find a way to punch you in your face. Your metabolism will always find a way to fight for the energy. Your body needs energy. Your body needs food and you can't always be in a deprivation state from time to time you got to open up your diet add a little bit more food and trust me your body will be like thank you sweet jesus i've been praying for this and so if you're like i don't know how to do any of that dude hit me up that's why i'm here you shouldn't have to sit there on the sidelines and be googling and clicking and scrolling and trying to do stuff on your own that's why you hire a coach that's why a coach can totally help you out figure that out this isn't me giving myself this whole um this like you know paid infomercial this is me just saying i give a crap about you and i want to make sure that you are no longer spinning your wheels right so if you want to have a flexible metabolism you got to start implementing some of these things. It can't always be in a deprivation state. And for the love of God, have a carb. All right. I am off my soapbox. Ladies, have a fabulous week. And you know how to reach out to find me. If someone needs to hear this, please be sure to share this with them and get them to subscribe to this fabulous podcast if I don't say so myself. All right, ladies, I'm out. See you later, Magic Makers. Have an amazing day. Thank you for listening to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you've made it this far, yay. I'm thinking you enjoyed the show. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. You can find me at Kim Jefferson Coach. In order for me to keep sharing this message, do me a favor and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. New episodes are available every Wednesday. The Fit Girl Magic Podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions about your health. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much.